Hey, good morning, Christ Old Fast. Uh, I am Eric, coming to you from New York City uh, this morning. Looking forward to digging into uh, Ruth with you again. A uh, couple of announcements uh, for you to keep in mind. Number one, I've determined this morning, after many, many trials, that Dunkin' Donuts coffee is better than Starbucks in every way. Um, this is just a public service announcement to help you. Dunkin' Donuts is better than Starbucks in every way. So, uh, now their donuts, on the other hand, are awful. I mean, like awful. Uh, but their coffee, eh, not bad. It's not the best, but it's not bad. Uh, second announcement. From now on, I'll be doing my devotion on Tuesday, I think, instead of Friday. Unless I hear otherwise, unless uh, some of you who, who watch uh, on a regular basis uh, find Tuesday to be a more difficult time, uh, my schedule and my kids' school schedule has changed, and so... That means that I'm available on Tuesday, and that works a little better for me. So uh, so that's it by way of announcements. Um, let's go ahead and pick up our devotion at chapter 2, verse 19. It reads like this, And her mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, to Ruth, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young man until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young, one, young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. So ends the reading of God's word. So, What's going on here? Uh, Ruth is explaining to Naomi that a wealthy landowner named Boaz has taken her under his wings, provided food and protection for her, help for her in her neediness. Uh, and Naomi is thrilled because for the first time she is really seeing God's providential hand in all that is taking place and seeing that God is, is actually maybe, maybe pulling the strings behind the scenes in a way that she may have forgotten. But the part I want to focus on today, and really it's going to propel our story forward as we move into chapters 3 and 4, is really it's found in verse 20. At the end of verse 20, Naomi uh, proclaims to Ruth about Boaz, quote, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Now what does that mean? At first glance, it probably doesn't seem like there's much there, but what does it mean when she says that he's one of their redeemers? Well, what she's saying is this guy could potentially marry you. That's what she's alluding to. Um, so let me just give a little explanation about this idea of redeemer or kinsman redeemer in the Old Testament. Uh, the redeemer in this context was, was a member of the family, uh, sometimes a father, but more often uh, a brother. And uh, when uh, uh, a brother would pass away or a son would pass away before um, there was uh, the ability to uh, have children, well, 
there was certain obligations that these redeemers were expected to take up, certain duties. Uh, they had the duty of redeeming property for their family. They had the duty of redeeming persons. You can find this in Leviticus chapter 25, kind of details all this. Uh, they, they had sometimes the uh, expectation that they would uh, redress the wrong done by a member of the family. In other words, they would take blood vengeance on somebody that had treated their family poorly. Uh, you can find that in Numbers 35 and Deuteronomy and uh, Joshua chapter 20. And, uh, and then, of course, the thing that we're talking about today, a redeemer was expected to marry the deceased's spouse if they did not have children. Uh, and you can actually see allusions to this in uh, Ruth chapter 1, verses 11 through 13. Naomi makes reference to this redeemer principle and is first, really it's practiced in scripture in Genesis 38. You can see eh, kind of a seedy example of that, not kind of a indeed seedy example of what that looks like in Genesis 38. Uh, one of the strangest chapters in that entire book, but uh, ironically one of the chapters in which um, we see the line of Jesus come about. But so um, that, all this to say uh, for the, the, the goal here in Naomi's mind is for this relative, this redeemer to at some point consider marrying Ruth because Boaz is related to Naomi's uh, husband, Elimelech, uh, Naomi is, she's got the wheels of her mind turning and it's like a good mama. She is hopeful that he will exercise the right of redemption on their behalf. Uh, <clears throat> so I know this seems strange to our modern ears, the redeemer principle of a man marrying his deceased relative's childless wife seems really just like, uh, I don't know if that's the way it should go. But keep in mind that we tend to view almost all marital relationships as starting off with romantic feelings or, quote, being love. But in fact, back then, marriage was vastly more about survival and trying to carry on the family name, about having a future. Without a child, Ruth and Naomi's worth in the world was basically nothing. I mean, that's just the reality of that time. They needed to be redeemed in order to continue, in order to live. And so we see here God's abundant providence in this story. Now, again, we have not heard God's name in this entire book yet. We haven't heard God's name in chapter two at all. At the beginning of a chapter, um, all we're told is that Ruth just, quote, happened to meet somebody. But we can see, we can see behind the scenes that this happened to meet was actually the person that God needed her to meet, that he had orchestrated for her to meet. And of course, we see, as we see the romance between Ruth and Boaz about to unfold, we can't help but see the romance between Christ and his bride unfold as well. Like Ruth, we had no hope of survival apart from our Redeemer, apart from the one who calls us his brothers and sisters. Though we had nothing to bring to the table, nothing to offer, he reached out to us and sheltered us under his saving wings, letting us not only glean from what he owns, but giving to us over and over and over again his bread 
and his cup, his meal that truly satisfies. And as we'll see in the rest of the story, like Ruth and Naomi, it is ultimately only because of the grace and sacrifice of the Redeemer, of our Redeemer, that we can live. And so that is the rest of the story. As you can, I'm sure, clearly see by now, Boaz really is uh, the picture of Jesus to us. And we're going to continue to see that unfold as we uh, go over the last half of the book. Again, starting next Tuesday. So look to your Redeemer. Be glad he has done all that is necessary to make you his and to provide for your future. Hope you have a great weekend. God bless you.